Well, welcome everyone. I'm so glad that you guys are here this evening. My name is Matt Wolf. I'm the lead pastor here, and it's good to be back. It's good to be back. I don't know if you knew this. <laughs> yeah. I was out the last few weeks on paternity leave. Uh, my wife, Melissa, just had our twins. Twins, and here's a picture of them. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Our, our little boy, we had him on December 4th, a little boy named Canaan, and this is Evangeline. We're calling her Evie. Two and a half weeks old right now. It's been awesome. It's been a blur. If I'm stuttering or slurring my speech, just forgive me, okay? Uh, and I, I do just want to say a special appreciation. We have an incredible staff team here, leadership team here, and dozens and dozens of volunteers who have put in countless hours, and I haven't even been here at all. So thank you guys. I appreciate you so much. Can we give them a round of applause? You guys are awesome. This is a cool church. You want to be a part of it. Um, and we're here tonight for the special night. A lot of you guys got all dapper, looking good. You came out here tonight in the busyness of all this holiday season for a baby. But not this baby. No, no, no. Not Baby Yoda. And not this baby either. Anybody watch that? Royal Prince. That's the trilogy, right? Um, no, no, no. Neither of those babies. That's not the reason. The reason he, we're here is because of a little baby born in a rural village in the Middle East 2,000 years ago, of course. What? That's kind of strange. But the reason we're here is because that baby and the birth of that child actually means that you can have everlasting joy. Do you know what joy is? Joy is true happiness. It's happiness that lasts and lasts and lasts. Anybody want that? The rest of you guys aren't listening. We all want that. We all want to be happy. In fact, that's why we make this big scene and do all these presents and wrap all this stuff and drive around all over town for all these events for Christmas. And I like Christmas. It makes me happy. I put up my Christmas lights on November 9th this year. Our neighbors are here. They know. November 9th this year, we had the Christmas lights up. Uh, we were wrapping presents. It's so exciting. Our, our little daughter, McKinley, who's almost three in a couple of weeks, she's just seeing how ex- the excitement on her face, opening up all these presents that she will, you know, seeing all this stuff. It's so exciting. Christmas time brings happiness, right? But with all the cookies and events and parties and family and all the good things, all that happiness, though, in a couple of days is gone. Or in a week, maybe for New Year's, and then it gets into January and the dreariness of school and work, and it's back to regular, everyday life. And as happy as the holidays were, it's just back to normal, back to life. It's interesting that psychologists now have studied happiness. They're really studying it right now, trying to figure out how it works, what makes us happy. And there was a study that they did, and they gave a group of people, participants, $5 a day. Which doesn't sound like much, but giving people $5 cash, they, they just want to see, does it make you happy? And what's interesting is it does. Some of you are like, I'd take $5 cash. Let's try that experiment tonight. Um, yeah, $5 cash makes people happy. But what's interesting, if you give those people that $5 cash every single day, each day the happiness level drops and drops and drops. And after just a few days, it's back to normal. Even if you continue to give that $5 every single day. Uh, What's also fascinating, they've studied whether it's buying something for yourself or receiving a gift. I know some of you guys are going to get that that great gift. No matter how great the purchase or the gift is that you get, within about four to six weeks on average, your happiness will be exactly the level it was before the gift or purchase. Even for that iPhone 11. It's just going to be right back to normal. The longest happiness they found studying for a gift or a thing that you get, the longest that happiness will last is three months. 
and then it's back to normal. Psychologists are calling this, here's a fancy word term for you, the hedonic adaptation. Hedonic adaptation. So we just adapt to the things we get in our life and we're just right back to normal. They often compare it to a treadmill, the happiness treadmill, I think we can call it. You know, when you're running on a treadmill, you can run faster and faster, try to get farther and farther and farther, and no matter how far you run, you're still in the exact same place. The happiness treadmill. That's what happens with the holiday, with the things we get. Even good things in our life. We start a new relationship, a new job. We get an accomplishment. We get into college, that college we wanted to go to. All these things are great, but then we're right back in a very short time to the same level of happiness we were before. Does anybody want to get off that treadmill? I do. I want to get off the treadmill. I want the happiness, the true happiness, that joy that will last beyond the holidays, beyond that thing, that gift. I want true joy. And I think you do too. And the amazing thing is the birth of that small child, that baby, 2,000 years ago, is actually some news, an announcement that can tell you that you can have true joy. A joy that lasts beyond the holidays. Sound good? So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to look at at the famous Christmas story in Luke chapter 2 in the Bible, this account that was written about Jesus and his birth. You've probably heard it before, but we're going to camp on on one particular verse, one particular phrase, because it's so important for us. So if you follow along your smartphone up on the screen here, we're going to look at Luke chapter 2. For the two people who brought their Bibles, you can go ahead and open it with me there. And we read in verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken to the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. You know him? Verse 3, and everyone went to their own town to register. Sounds like a history lesson, right? All these boring details, why are they in there? Well, that's actually really important because Luke, who wrote this, was a, a, a trained doctor. He was a physician. But he actually set out, because he was very smart, to study the beginning of Christianity. He went to investigate it, to interview eyewitnesses and go back to the locations like Bethlehem and track what actually happened. And he wrote down his account. And in the month of December, we've been looking at these origins of Jesus. And these details matter because they're real details. He's saying with real people at a real time in history, something that really happened. That's why he gives us these details. So he tells us all these things to say that There was a young man named Joseph and a young woman named Mary who was pregnant. And they lived in a town called Nazareth, but because their hometown where Joseph had grown up was in Bethlehem, they actually had to go home because there was a census. You had to be at home to be counted in the census. So they set out on that trek, and when they got to the tiny town of Bethlehem, probably about 200 people at the time, there was no room in the inn. You know, the innkeeper gets a really bad rap, but, I mean, all these people are coming out of nowhere. Okay, there's no room for them. So he says, we, we don't have any room, but, but down where the animals are, which is probably a cave underneath the house or, or maybe a, a building to the side of it, the basement maybe, that you could stay there. I mean, it was something. And there, Mary and Joseph stayed, and Mary gave birth to a little baby they called Jesus, and they placed him in the manger, the trough where the animals ate from. A quite inauspicious beginning for a baby we're still talking about 2,000 years later. I mean, a rural village in the Middle East, this tiny baby, this poor family. Why are we still talking about it? Well, it's because of the joy, the true happiness 
that the birth of his child actually proclaims. Well, how does that work? Well, this is where I want to focus on our story. In verse 8, we pick up, because not only was this town of Bethlehem, but out in the fields outside of this village, there were some shepherds. And it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. It says they were living out in the field. This means they stunk because they were living with the animals, right? Taking care of these disgusting, stinky sheep. Verse 9, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. So they're going about their normal life, their normal job. They're out there, the same routine, every single day with these sheep, and then all of a sudden, BAM! Angels in the sky! There's glory shining in angels! Guess what? This is not a normal occurrence, okay? They're terrified. They're not expecting this. What is going on? What are these angels here? Well, they came here to tell these shepherds some news. We read in verse 10, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. I bring you good news. I have an announcement for you. There's some news. You've got to hear about this. If you listen to this, it's going to be so great. It's going to change things. In fact, this is what's so important. Focus on this. Right after that, it says, this good news, that will cause great joy for all the people. He doesn't say, okay, you guys are going to have a great night tonight, and then you can go back to normal as you were. He doesn't say, hey, there's a little bit of happiness tonight. Something special is going to happen He doesn't say, hey, you can get on this treadmill for a little bit and then you're going to go back to your normal life taking care of sheep. He says, no, this will cause great joy, true happiness, a lasting happiness. And it's not just for those shepherds that night because they got to have the privilege of meeting this baby Jesus, but it says for all the people. All the people. It's for us as well. And that's why we are still talking about it 2,000 years later. There's good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Well, how can an announcement cause great joy? What's the connection? I I mean, I've heard some good announcements, but how how could that really cause great joy, a lasting happiness? Uh, I, I need to hear more. Well, the angel continues on in verse 11. Today, he said, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Should probably be even more unusual. There's great news. Great joy for everybody. Just check out this baby that's with the animals. What? What's the connection? How do those two things fit together? I'm sure they were wondering. But there's angels. There's glory. There's shining. There's loud trumpets. There's all this singing going on. Okay, there's something interesting. Let's find out more about this, which I hope that you guys are interested to find out more as well. How is it that the birth of a baby can cause me great joy? Well, I'm glad you asked. Glad you asked. What's interesting is that this joy is actually part and parcel, one of the basics of what it means to be a Christian. That we can have joy. I know you guys know some Christians who don't seem very happy. Let's be honest, there's some curmudgeons out there. But the reality is, is that the basics of Christianity at its core is that you can be truly happy, that you can have joy. G.K. Chesterton, the great British uh, author, once said that joy is the gigantic secret of the Christian. 
A gigantic secret. Sadly, it's a secret, but I am letting you know the angels didn't hide it. They weren't like, hey guys, there's something I need to tell you. No, they said, there's great news. Great joy is available for you. Go check it out. This is supposed to be the announcement that the world hears from us. Good news that will cause great joy to all the people. That sounds good. So how does it work? How does it work? Because a lot of you are thinking, well, Matt, I know those curmudgeon Christians, and I thought God didn't want me to be happy. All these rules, can't do this, can't do that. Ugh, got to go to church everywhere. Okay, you're thinking, oh my gosh, how could God want me to be happy? Well, He does. He wants you to be truly happy. And that's the amazing thing, because this news is about, as it said in verse 11, a Savior. So what's a Savior? Well, a Savior is someone who saves you from something. Pretty simple, right? But what does it mean? Well, I want to help you understand how this news, if you choose to hear, how that can actually bring about this great joy. Think about this. Who in here has college debt? Student debt, anybody? You don't have to raise your hand. 2019, there is $1.4 trillion of student loans still unpaid in our country. $1.4 trillion. That's a T. Trillion. Okay, that means that those who owe money owe on average $35,000. On average. Some of you are like, oh, $35,000, that's so much. Others are like, that's it? <laughs> As I'm even talking about it, some of you are feeling that stress level rising up. Man, I'm trying to avoid that this holiday season. I maxed out my credit cards too, paying for all these gifts. I don't want to talk about my debt. Because that's the thing, debt sucks. Sorry, I'm not supposed to say that. Debt stinks. It weighs down on us. It's heavy. It gives us anxiety. Oh, it, it keeps us from doing things we want to do. It weighs us down. We, we can't, maybe $35,000, that's like a, a down payment on a house. That's buying a vehicle outright. There's so many things I could do. It pays for half a year of college. <laughs> Sorry, students. Um, but debt, it just weighs down on us. It's so heavy. But what if I told you there was an announcement? Didn't you hear? Bill Gates just said he would pay off everyone's school debt. All you have to do is send him an email and he'll pay it all off. No questions asked. Would that be some good news? Yeah, that'd be some good news. I'll take that. Man, now I can do the things I really want to do. Maybe I can start that business. That'd bring you some happiness, just getting some debt off your plate. And then what if he said, hey, and on top of that, I want to be your friend. We can hang out. We can talk. Anytime you have a need, just call me up. If it's financial or something else, I know people. I'll help you out. Whatever it is. Man, that would be pretty good news, right? You'd send an email, right? <laughs> maybe it's true. You'd even maybe set up a fake, a fake account. And in case you're wondering, no, that hasn't happened. But it would be awesome, wouldn't it? That's how an announcement can actually bring happiness. Well, how does that apply to Jesus. Well, here's the good news of the Savior of Jesus. See, what God is saying is that we actually all are in debt. Cosmic debt. It's called sin. See, God has said, I am perfect, I am holy, I am good, I am righteous, and here is what I expect from you. To be holy like I am holy. To be perfect like I am perfect. And guess how many of us live up to that standard? None of us. We have all sinned. We have all broken God's 
law, his moral code. He said, this is what I expect. We've all failed. That's what sin is. We've fallen short. We've missed the mark. And some of you are like, well, I don't really care what God thinks. Well, you care what you think, and you have broken your own moral code. Have you ever done something you thought, I'll never do that, and then you do it? Ooh, yeah, we have. We've done things that we think are awful. You're like, oh, how could that person pollute like that? And then do you recycle all the time? Hmm. Okay, we've all broken our own code, let alone God's perfect moral code. The Scriptures tell us that we've all sinned and fallen short of His glory. We owe a debt, and sadly it's a debt that none of us could ever repay. We could spend the rest of our life trying to live a better life and do right, but we're going to keep doing wrong things and we're never going to pay back for the bad things we've done in the past. And the debt we owe is so great that there is no way that we could ever pay it off. That should feel like anxiety, like a burden that you have on your back. How can I ever pay this off? If God himself thinks I owe him something, how am I ever going to pay that off? That's a weight. But the good news of the Savior is that this little baby who would be born actually would live the perfect life that you failed to live. That he did what was right all the time. He never broke God's moral law. And on top of that, he did good. He loved people. He was kind to people. The outcasts, those who were the the, the outcasts of society, he loved them. He spent time with them. He healed them. He served them and washed their feet even. He was good and perfect and righteous. And yet... They arrested him. They gave him a false trial. They beat him. They mocked him. They scorned him. They took him and flogged him. They stripped him naked and then hung him up on a cross and murdered him. Even though he had broken no no laws, he had committed no crimes and no sin. See, the amazing thing is that God tells us that Jesus is a Savior because when he did that, a transaction took place. And all of our debt got put on Jesus. He paid it all. And we receive the reward of righteousness and eternal life and joy that he earned. That's amazing. That's good news. And on top of that, not only all your sins are forgiven, past, present, and future, but also you will have eternal life to experience the eternal joy of God himself and Jesus his son forever. And on top of that, you can have God as your friend. You can talk to him whenever you want. You'll have a family around you of other followers of Jesus who want to encourage you and help build you up. And you can pray and ask God for anything you need. And He'll be there for you. That sounds good. Sounds like great news of great joy. Sounds like something I want. Sounds like the true happiness that's available. That's why the announcement that angel gave to the shepherds 2,000 years ago is something that we still listen to today. If we have ears to hear if we have ears to hear. Some of you here tonight are just going about your life. You've been on that treadmill for so long, you don't even think there's another option. You just keep going about it. But here's the good news. The shepherds were doing the same thing. They were going about their work. They were living out there, taking care of their sheep. They weren't expecting angels to come that night. They weren't sitting out there like, when are they going to get here? No. They were just as surprised as maybe you are tonight. Maybe for the first time you have heard that there is good news. That there is great joy available to you and I want you to hear it and I want you to accept that gift. So, what do we do about it? What do we do about it? Well, I want to challenge you. There's, there's a few different people in here. There's some of you who are Christians in here and you're the curmudgeons. You're not happy. 
It's time to find that true joy. And we are starting up this series. Uh, you saw the video for it. You got a card on your seat. Investigating Jesus, a revolution begins. Because even if you're a Christian, some of you have missed this secret. Even though it's like at the very beginning, good news of great joy, people still miss it. Maybe in a Christian your whole life, you didn't even know that God wanted you to be truly happy. But he does. But it's by the way of following Jesus, even of denying yourself. And we're going to learn how that can bring us to true happiness. It's a happiness that is independent of circumstances. That's the amazing thing. It's like a train track where there's even hard things going on in your life, bad things happening, and yet on the other track, you can have this joy running underneath all of it. You know, some of you I haven't seen since last Christmas. It's okay, I love you. I haven't seen you since last Christmas, but if you were here, you remember I was talking about something different in my life. Because in 2018, Melissa and I had suffered three miscarriages. Last Christmas, we, we shared about that, how we were struggling with that, and, and even going through the grief of those losses. And we went on, actually, just a couple months later to have a fourth miscarriage in 2019. And then, of course, you guys heard, we found out a couple months later that we were going to have not only one baby, but two. And we just had them, December 4th. We have twins. And I'm going to be honest, they bring me some happiness. When I'm on the rocking chair, rocking both of them, and they're sleeping peacefully, which is like one millionth of the time... But when I'm doing, man, I'm happy, right? I love these kids. They're going to bring me a lot of happiness in my life. But even kids who bring us a ton of happiness cannot bring us joy. Because the kids will, yes, get a little disobedient, unruly. They'll become teenagers. Sorry, teenagers. I love you. They will go off to college, and then you won't see them as often, maybe once or twice a year sometimes. They get busy. They have their own lives. Kids, as great as they are, cannot bring us true joy. No relationship, no achievement, nothing with your career, no business you could build, no college you could go to, nothing can bring you joy. Nothing can get you off the treadmill except following Jesus. So it's time to step off the treadmill and try a new path. So if you're a Christian, I want you to come back for this series. We're starting it in January. But if you're here and you're thinking, well, Matt, I still have tons of questions. I have doubts. I don't know if I could believe any of this. That's okay. We want you to investigate too. You can come on these Sundays too. Everyone's welcome. We have atheists every week. But we also have a special class called Starting Point for you. And Starting Point is starting in the third week in January at 12.30 p.m. following our, our second service time. It's a, a lunchtime thing. And we're going to have this class. We're offering it. This is a place where you don't get taught. You get to ask questions and have conversations. And this is just a great class that you can just come and say, hey, I'm not sure about this. I don't know if I believe that. Great. Come anyways. Check out Starting Point. Because even that Bill Gates thing, just for $35,000, you guys would check it out. Did that really happen? Check Snopes.com. No, you'd want to investigate a little bit, right? So just investigate a little bit, even with that starting point. But there's a third group of people in here, too. There's a third group of people who say, I do want that. I believe, and I think right now I'm ready to receive that. And Jesus said an amazing thing in his life. He he taught the same message that I'm teaching right now in John chapter 15, verse 11. If we can jump back. I'm out of order a little bit tonight. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that you can have the same joy I have and so that your joy will be the fullest possible joy. And then again, Paul, writing about the same thing, he says, be full of joy in the Lord always, I will say again, be full of joy. It doesn't matter what you're going through. This is possible. Good news that will cause great joy for all the people. 
So if you're here and you're saying, I want that joy, all that you have to do is accept that gift tonight. The greatest gift. Way better than the iPhone 11 you'll get tomorrow. And it's time to accept it tonight. So as Bobby comes up, we're going to do Silent Night here in a minute and we're going to do our, our, our fun candle lighting that we, we love every year as we sing Silent Night. But right now, I just want everybody to close their eyes. I'm going to say a prayer for all of you. Lord God, I just thank you for this evening that we can come together in the busyness of our life, of all the Christmas things going on, this and that, and all the parties. and that We're, we're coming here, Lord God, and I pray that this message would be something that we hear. And that it wouldn't just be a message we hear tonight, but it would be one that would change our eternal destiny. That we could choose eternal joy. Everlasting joy that will go on forever right now. For the Christian here today who said, I didn't know that was possible, Lord, I pray that you'd speak into their life and help them to grow in following you so that they could achieve that joy and have it every day of their life, no matter what happens. And for the person who's just saying, I'm not so sure, would you just speak to them even like you did to those shepherds? Just go check it out. Because there really was a Savior born in the stable that day. And I pray that people would just have a heart that they have to investigate. They're curious. They have to find out more. And for those here sitting in these chairs who are saying, I'm ready tonight. I have heard enough. I know that I need this Savior. I know I have sinned and I want it to be forgiven. Lord, I pray that you would soften their hearts and help them to hear this good news and accept it for the first time. So if everybody's eyes closed, keep your eyes closed. If you're here, I want to give you an opportunity to say a prayer so that you can, in just one simple prayer, accept that gift of eternal joy, everlasting joy. And so I want you to just repeat this prayer after me. And if you're a Christian already, please just say this to give courage to the person next to you, okay? So you can repeat this with me. Lord God, I want joy. I confess I'm a sinner and ask that you would forgive me. Please give me the gift of eternal joy and everlasting life. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. Amen. And with eyes still closed, head still bowed, if you said that prayer for the first time and meant it, that was your prayer accepting that gift, please just raise your hand in the air. I want to encourage you and pray for you tonight. Praise God. The angels are celebrating with you. Let's give those people a round. Wow. Praise God. Lord God, we are so grateful for this gift of joy. And would you enliven our hearts that it wouldn't just stop a few weeks from now, but it would last and grow forever and ever. Amen. Amen.